You're listening to the official podcast of the Salt Lake Bees. Right now, he's a, a former network newsman. He is an investigative reporter at one time, winning award after award after award. He's a longtime broadcaster, the only broadcaster in the history of the Round Rock Express. And among other things, he is also now an author, the author of the book Grinders. Mike Caps joins us here on the pregame show. And first of all, Mike, thanks for joining us. And let's just talk about the title. In your mind, other than a, a sub sandwich in the East Coast, what's a grinder? Well, <laughs> you've been around them your whole life at AAA since 94. Uh, these are guys that were almost good enough to get signed and got turned down and got signed no matter what. They're guys that were pushing the lip of the envelope to get to the big leagues, and yet they hung on and played for 21 years. Uh, two or three guys in this book did that. Um, guys that were too small, Freddie Patek, uh, nobody ever heard of, and there's a million of those guys, guys who experienced the Jim Crow South and almost lost their lives just to do what they did and still made the big leagues. There's a lot of commonality between baseball grinders and people in the workforce in this country. Say you're a, a single mother with two kids and you're working two or three jobs. You're a grinder. Uh, if you run a corporation, a small corporation, and, and you're having trouble with the IRS and this and that and the other, and the, that's a grind. Everywhere you look, we have grinders. Up and down the streets in Salt Lake, up and down the streets in Austin where I live, uh, they're all there. And the commonality is... It's a day-to-day struggle, banging your head against the wall and just relentlessly keeping after it. And that's the that's the purpose of the book. And it came about from my grandfather. I was going to ask you, ask you next, what well, was the impetus behind the book? And obviously, you, 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 your grandfather and all that, you, you know his story, but what pushed you to go ahead and, and write the book about Grinders? It, it, from him. I just, he called Carl Yastrzemski uh, as a future Hall of Famer when we were sitting in a minor league park in Dallas. And he had check marks by several guys in this book, in his scorebook. And I said, what are those? He said, those are the guys that are going to go back and forth between Minneapolis and um, Boston and Dallas-Fort Worth and Kansas City. Uh, and he said, they're the engine that drives baseball's bus. In January of 2018, I woke up in the middle of the night and I wrote down, drives baseball's bus. And I recruited a, a grinder, the late Chuck Hartenstein, who pitched and was a pitching coach in the big league. Leagues, uh, signed by my cousin Billy Caps for the Chicago Cubs, and uh, we sat down and got a list of 300 names, and we just winnered them down. And Chuck passed away uh, at the end of the 21 season, so he never got to see a contract for a book. But he, as long as we do grinders, Chuck will be a co-author. Got to ask you, I mean, obviously, hundreds of stories. What stands out more than any story? That's so hard to say. Uh, My friend Deacon Jones just passed away. He was a hitting coach for the Houston Astros for several years back in the 80s. And we've been friends for 30 years. And Deacon's path to the big leagues was one of those ones in the Jim Crow South. He got off a bus in Redneck, Georgia, to get a sandwich with his white teammates and had a shotgun put to his throat. 
cried his eyes out all the way up to the next stop on this long road trip, called his mom. His mom said, oh, come home, come home. Dad grabs the phone. His dad was a deacon in their church in upstate New York, black guy upstate New York, coming down into the Jim Crow South and says, you are not to let any man of any color, green, white, brown, blue, purple, or chartreuse, get in the way of your dream. You done crying? Yes, sir. He said, I became a man that day. <laughs> and that, I, I, that, that just grabs me. Mm-hmm. My great-grandmother was black. That, that whole part of the time of the year, in those years, the 60s, were so volatile. And yet he survived that. And to the day he died, loved that ballpark in Sugar Land, loved being a part of that, and came to the ballpark with a smile on his face till the day he died. And I, it, that, that'll always be with me. Remember the name uh, as a youngster when he played for the White Sox. Uh, uh, Mike, we are just about out of time, so quickly, how can people find your book and buy it? Well, it's easy. Amazon.com and uh, Grinders, and they'll have it to you the next day. That's the simplest way to do it. Barnes & Noble has it. Uh, a lot of stores have it. It's in their catalog, and uh, it's but Amazon is quick. Wish we had more time. Mike, we'll grab you in, in when we go to Round Rock at the end of August. I appreciate your time today, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Just make sure you don't hurt me when you grab me. I'll be careful. Welcome back to the On Deck Circle. Our guest is BZ infielder Michael Stefanik. And before we talk baseball, Mike, got to uh, congratulate you. I, you told me the other day you're a, a newly engaged man. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we're super excited. Um, it was nice to have my fiance, you know, out here in Salt Lake. Uh, she lives in Arizona at our place um, during the season. So it was nice to have her out and kind of wanted to surprise her a little bit. It was good. Uh, I, I can tell you're happy about it because when you brought it up to me the other day, that the smile went from ear to ear. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I mean, we've been together four years now, and big step of my life. I feel like I'm putting on my big boy pants. So uh, it feels good, and we're really excited. Of course, uh, unfortunately, last night uh, the on-base streak came to an end at 62 games. At what point in time did you uh, know something was going on? Um, Probably at around 50 when MILB started tweeting it out and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, you know, I never tried to concern myself too much with it. You know, really just showing up to the ballpark and being myself and doing my routine every day and just trying to help this ball club. You know, it's, uh, it was a, a, a difficult one yesterday. Obviously, uh, Corey Bradford's the real deal. It was, uh, it was a tough day to get one. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you got to tip your cap to him. He pitched really well, uh, mixed speeds, and we have the little iPad in the dugout that shows exactly where each pitch is, and, man, he was living on the corner. So it was a tough day to be a hitter, but... You know, hopefully we'll, we'll bounce back and get them tonight. You know, it's uh, interesting, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but the amazing thing for me about this streak was the fact that you, I think it was only four times did you wait until the last plate appearance to, to, to save the streak. I didn't know that either. Um, I typically try to be pretty aggressive mm-hmm. the first couple of bats. Um, the shadows get tough here at times, mm-hmm. so uh, I really try to be aggressive and but, yeah, that's an interesting tidbit, but um, I think it's a testament to my aggressiveness early in the game. And this is a game that, uh, you know, uh, you need to be aggressive. I mean, sometimes it, it, it eats you up a little bit, but being aggressive, uh, that way you're on top of your game and not letting somebody else dictate. No doubt. I mean, the pitchers have stu- such good wipeout stuff these days that it's like if you get to two strikes, all the numbers tell you that you're probably getting out. So um, it's a big philosophy of mine to you know, try to get a good pitch in the zone early in the count and hit it hard somewhere. 
What, what's been your thought process uh, throughout the course of this year? Obviously, you got that first taste uh, of the big leagues, and uh, uh, what do you feel you need to do to get back? It's really, it's, it's not so much in your hands as it is other people. Yeah, I mean, just continue to play my game. Um, all that stuff's out of my control. So just trying to keep a good attitude about being here. You know, I love playing in Salt Lake. It's my third year here. And, you know, just being ready when that time comes. Uh, obviously, the Angels are playing good baseball right now, and they got some, you know, a really good lineup, and they're playing good defense. So just whatever I can do, if somebody goes down or if I'm needed the, the next level, I'll be ready. You know, this is my 29th season uh, with the club, and uh, just looking back and talking to some guys that are here, this may be one of the best clubhouses that I've seen. From your standpoint, do you agree? No doubt. I mean, the guys we have here the, the, are just amazing. Everybody's pulling for each other, and I think the biggest testament to that was last night after my last at-bat in the ninth. I mean, Gags, our, one of our rovers today, told the story in the clubhouse. It was just like... Hey, let's try to get Steph up after uh, Lamb got that base hit in the ninth. So it's just really everybody's pulling for each other. And there's, you know, obviously there's frustration and everybody wants to get to the big leagues. But for the most part, you know, everybody's being where their feet are and supporting each other. And that's the biggest thing. And that, to me, is one of the great dynamics about AAA baseball because you all are fighting for the same spot, yet you root for each other. No doubt. I mean, you have to. In a game of failure like baseball, there's... It's really, it's going to eat away at you, like you said, if, uh, you know, you don't find joy in your teammates' successes. Uh, Bobby V talked to us a couple weeks ago about that, and I really feel like that that holds true. If you're not happy when your teammates succeed, nobody's going to be happy when you succeed. So it's a double-edged sword there, but, uh, yeah, things are going really well, and it's a great group of guys. Sorry it ended, but congratulations on a great streak. Let's start a new one today. Thank you. That's the beauty about baseball. Another (laughs) one tomorrow. All right. Welcome back to the Allen Deck Circle. Steve Klauke back with you. We're joined now by beast pitcher Jake Lee, who picked up the win in relief last night. And first of all, Jake, congratulations on that first AAA win. I know there was something that uh, you had hoped to get a little bit earlier than this, but uh, you were happy to get. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it was ironic. The first win I got was after I transitioned to the bullpen after being a starter. But, yeah, I was just happy to be out there and help the team win, and it was just good to get the, the first win under my belt. You get the shutout inning, and the bats come alive for you. You had some opportunities for some Ws early. I know you had a couple of starts where you had zero earned runs against, but some tough luck uh, uh, behind you. But uh, uh, from the standpoint of this change that you've had over the last week or so, what's, what's the biggest difference in regards to preparing to pitch as a reliever as opposed to a starter? Um, more of it's just the mindset, you know, um, just always being ready, trying to find that routine um, every day out of the bullpen when you're hot and just kind of staying active down there versus when you're a starter. It's, you know, a day you're going to pitch, but you got to prepare a little bit earlier. Um, now as a bullpen guy, it's more just trying to stay fresh and just kind of go out there and just throw as hard as you can for an inning. So. And I would also have to think that in a situation like that, uh, you know, when, when things don't go well, you have to mull over it for five days as a starter. As a reliever, a couple of days later, you can erase all of that from your memory. Yeah, for sure. As a starter, um, you know, you're throwing every five to six days. So, you know, when you're going good, it's it's really good. But when you're going bad, it's you have to wait, you know, five, six days when you get back out there. But as a bullpen guy, it's kind of, you know, it's it's a good feeling 
you know, being out there and kind of always anticipating your name, you, you know, your name's going to get called. So, uh, you know, last year, your first experience with Salt Lake at the AAA level, what did you learn about yourself at this level to prepare yourself for this season? Um, it's, you know, it's it's hard pitching here. Um, hitters are really good. They're disciplined. They have a lot of experience. But it, at the end of the day, that just makes us pitchers better. Um, so I kind of embraced the challenge, and I learned a lot last year. And kind of the stuff I learned, I incorporated that into my offseason program. So I was just excited to get back out there this year. When you're on your game, what's the key to your success? Uh fastball up in the zone and just landing my change up whenever I want you know that's kind of the, the big thing and and honestly when the velo is there I tend to do pretty well so just trying to trying to get that consistent velo is really important for me and all the guys are doing a good job but how difficult is it as a pitcher the fact that you guys have had to throw to six different catchers this year yeah I mean that's the most challenging thing is just trying to get on the same page for the for what pitches you throw and the lefties, the righties, and kind of like where you want the targets to be. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, they're all really good catchers, and they've all been around, you know, a really long time. So it's, it's been a pretty easy adjustment, honestly. You know, we had some pretty rough weather in the month of April, but I've got to think that uh, you had to be somewhat used to it, uh, pitching at the collegiate level at uh, Oakland University in the north suburbs of Detroit. Oh, yeah, the, Pitching out in the sun is, you know, it's nice. But growing up in, you know, the Midwest and cold weather, it's, you know, it's more of a mindset. I always tell myself it's a lot harder to hit in cold weather than, than it is to pitch. So I was used to that April weather, but now it's heating up, so I'm, I'm happy. So You know, I, obviously I grew up in, in the Chicago area, so I know that the cold in the Midwest is very different than the cold here. Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's brutal. Well, you got wind, you got snow, you got sleet. Yeah, here, here the cold's a little bit different. What was the experience like at Oakland? It was good. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was uh, you know it definitely prepared me for pro pro ball. Uh, logged a lot of innings. Um, you know, just learned how to go deep in the games, and and it, I just dealt with you know some adversity, some success, some failure, and I think that kind of helped me uh, adjust to pro ball pretty pretty quickly. Before I let you go, I got to ask you, and now that you get to spend some time in the, in the bullpen, uh, uh, what's it like down there, and who's who's the funniest guy in the bullpen? Uh, honestly, it depends on the night. Um, Holder's funny. We, I mean, honestly, being in the bullpen, it's, it's, it's fun down there. Yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Well, again, hopefully uh, last night's the start of uh, a few more that fall in the W column for you and uh, continue success. Yeah, for sure. Yep, thank you. Welcome back to the on-deck circle. Steve Klauke with you, joined now by B's infielder Jack Lopez. And, uh, Jack, uh, yesterday your play on a foul ball, the number two play on SportsCenter's top ten yesterday. Take me back to that play. Uh, the, at what point going after that foul ball, obviously you have to follow the flight of the ball, but at what point do you realize it's either jump over the wall or run into it? Uh, well, it was a tough play from the beginning. Uh, we are playing lefty hitting, so we are kind of shaded towards the middle. So uh, I kind of did a little scared half jump there towards the end not knowing exactly where I was because I ran such a long distance and uh, nowadays with the net being there uh, I have a little more confident jumping into it so <laughs> not like when I first started playing there was nothing there so I'd be flying into the front row yeah, you had to trust the fans to catch you you don't want to have to use that trust correct correct that's right uh, I, I'm watching you play third base and shortstop it's obvious you take pride in your defense uh, where does that come from um 
I just, you know, I, I, I grew up around the game and just watching you guys, you know, guys like Rich Aurelia, Jeff Kent, um, Edgar Renteria helped me a lot when I was younger. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was blessed enough to be raised in a clubhouse and just watching those guys and seeing the way, you know, they play the game. And, and you know, I'm very fortunate and blessed to be around. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, guys like that, when you have a chance to look up to guys who have made it to the big leagues and are very professional about their job, uh, all you need, all you can do really is try to soak in as much information as you can. Exactly. You know, you'd be, be kind of dumb not to. You know, like I said, growing up around the clubhouse and, and, and seeing the way they go about their business. And, you know, and obviously everybody loves hitting. You know, as a kid, you, you always talk about hitting. You never talk about defense. And I, I feel like I was kind of raised, you know, the opposite. Um, you know, playing good defense will you find a way in the lineup. So. One of the impressive things about your game is your arm. How have you been able to develop the, the strength in your arm? What do you, you do to try to strengthen your arm? Uh, nothing really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, that, that's uh, just a blessing I got from God. You know, I've been able to, you know, take care of it throughout the years and, and use it when I have to. And, you know, I have, I've had to use it here a couple times since I've been here playing third base. And, you know, I've been able to use it to, to get some good outs. And, and, you know, whatever I can do to obviously help the team and help our pitching staff. Uh, do you have a preference between third or short, or you just like to see your name in the lineup card regardless? Uh, yeah, you know, KJ's been, you know, really cool with me ever since I got here. You know, I've, I've played all seven positions, and that's all from, you know, day one I got here. You know, I'll play wherever you need me, and, you know, I take pride in, you know, going out there and being the best defender no matter where you put, you know, put me out there. So uh, um, a lot of people ask me, I think home-home is shortstop, but, um, you know, any of the three positions or any of the six positions, you know, three in the outfield, three in the infield, I, I play wherever. You sound like when uh, KJ was a player because he played just about everywhere too. Although I think he's like fifth all time in our franchise's history as far as third base is concerned. Uh, slow start uh, once you join the ball club offensively, but uh, you seem to be in a, a really good rhythm at the plate right now. Yeah, you know, uh, no excuses. You know, I was, it was a long off season for me. You know, I got picked up late, was able to go to Arizona and you know get some at bats, and you know, I'm fortunate enough to be here and and kind of show what I can do. You know, I'm very fortunate, very blessed to get another opportunity. So. Uh, I'm just trying to ride the wave. You know, I've been swinging it well uh, as a blade. And, you know, just like I said, trying to ride a wave and, and keep having good at-bats and competing. And finally, uh, talk about that uh, long stretch before you were signed. Uh, what do you have to do to stay positive and keep doubts out? Uh, well, I'm fortunate enough, my, my dad has a cage at his house, so he lives five minutes away from me. So it was, it was, it was pretty easy, you know, staying, staying in shape and in baseball shape. You know, um, obviously the, the toughest thing was Obviously, seeing live and, and seeing live arms is not the same. You know, hitting off a machine and hitting off my dad's BP or whoever's BP compared to, uh, you know, you know, pitchers nowadays are, you know, sitting mid to upper 90s. So, I think that's the biggest, um, biggest that was the biggest uh, difference. So, uh, like I said, I'm fortunate and, um, you know, I'm trying to stay hot and, and, and just have good at-bats. Well, we're, en- we're certainly enjoying you know, what we see out there from you. Appreciate it. Keep up the great work, and hopefully that uh, trip to the big leagues is around the corner. Amen. Thank you.